We are at the 2-3 turn, 301 pick, and through two rounds, we've had one trade. We have had a total of 12 quarterbacks come off the board. We've had the first five rookie picks, and we've had the first seven receivers. So Shane, we are starting the third. This is where it gets interesting, and we do want to make a point that some leagues do employ a third round reversal rule, which means the team that picked last in the first round would pick first here in the third round. So essentially, you would go back to the team that picked first, and then would go all the way to the end of the draft to start the third round. So here, we're not doing that. We're going to go true snake. So the team on the clock, Shane started us out, Josh Allen and Brock Purdy. Shane, this is your second pick of the back-to-back -back here. You already have two quarterbacks. The first five rookie picks are off the board. There's seven receivers off the board. Have not had a running back, have not had a tight end. This seems to be one of those spots where, you know, depending on what you do at the two, three turn, you can start to kind of push the board a little bit, but it also feels like there's some people that have already kind of made their build evident here. So I think this is a very interesting time of the draft, but also kind of a dead spot. So what are you thinking here at this spot, knowing you have two QBs locked in and there's not an obvious pick on the board, at least in my opinion? Yeah, that's the thing. There, there's not an obvious pick, right? Because the seven top seven wide receivers are off the board we've exhausted the quarterbacks now we're in that range of quarterback where i already have two quarterbacks on this team i think this is a time where we're gonna have to break the seal it's gonna be Bijan robinson I'm gonna hope that uh i guess that his usage is closer to what it was in the second half of the season than the first i mean most drafts i think Bijan's probably gone before now right well i mean i want to ask your opinion because i think that the theory behind drafting a running back or a tight end here is you're getting your first shot at the premier positional advantage, right? That's probably what you're looking right. at here before just drafting a third quarterback or drafting another receiver. So I guess my question would be, we've already seen a trade. I think the trade values here are almost never going to meet the expectation of the manager. But given that you still have Gibbs, Brees Hall, Bijan, all the tight ends, and this is a 1.75 premium. So given there's all those potential positional advantage shots on the board, are you that convicted that Bijan is the 101 running back or would this be another spot where if you could trade back is, five spots and you could still get Jameer Gibbs but get a two round bump up from eight to six would you still do that and that doesn't seem like a lot of value on paper because it's a two for two and you're giving the person that's trading up exactly what they want how do you feel about that I mean here's the thing though right a two round bump from the eighth round to the sixth round could be the difference between trading one of those picks for a 25 first you, you might be able to still trade a six round draft pick for a 25 first and looking at the players on the board, going through a couple of real startups, I'd be okay with that. So in a real life scenario, yeah, I'd probably, if I'm anywhere in this third round, and I've got my quarterback set, I'm probably looking to deal out. I don't care if I ended up with Bijan, Brees, or Jameer Gibbs. And they're interchangeable for me. Gibbs, obviously, I have a little more confidence in. I don't, I, I've already exempted him from my running back hatred. Any of those three would do. So if someone came to me with a fair offer here, like, and like you said, if it, even if it was just a swap eight and six, I'd be on board with that. I think the same goes if you're drafting a tight end. You have to figure out what your elite tier is, whether it's two players, three players, but the principle being, if you say you have three running backs, you would consider to be an anchor. Doesn't really make sense to just pick unless you've explored the opportunities to trade back even two spots. Well, at 302, it is my turn. This team has Patrick Mahomes and Garrett Wilson, so they didn't follow along 
with the take the second quarterback at this spot. They opted to go with a receiver. So now we are back looking, okay, tons of quarterbacks off the board already. There's at least at least three teams that started without a quarterback. Now there's some teams that have rookie picks, but I know behind me, there's two teams that went receiver, receiver. So you got to figure they're going to be looking to take one of those next tier of quarterbacks. Then there's a couple teams that went receiver, rookie pick, or all rookie picks. So right there, there's quite a few teams on the back half of the draft that you could justifiably say are going to target the quarterback. So I think you have to do an analysis of who is in your next tier of QBs that you're willing to take right now. There's a laundry list of names. There could be three, there could be six. I'm probably going to go the same direction that you did and just gamble that I could potentially hit on, I hate to say the next Christian McCaffrey or the next prime Saquon Barkley, but I think Brees Hall is right there. So I don't like taking Brees Hall when I already have a skill player here. I want to lock up another quarterback, but I think I'm drafting a potential difference maker at the position. And I'm also drafting what I think is one of the few running backs that has the name value to where if he goes out and smashes early on, there's still flexibility with this running back. You get down into the RB six, seven, eight, there's no flexibility there. There's still very limited demand. So I'm going to follow suit with you and draft Brees Hall at this 302 pick. And part of what I'm doing here, Shane, is I'm kind of daring the other people behind me to draft the quarterbacks that I'm sitting here going, man, do I really want to draft QB 13 when I'm going to end up getting QB 18? knowing they're probably not going to be that many to come off the board. So I'm going to go Brees Hall at the 302. You are up at the 303. So where are you going with this selection chain? Yeah, looking at the quarterbacks, it, it, you're in a position where, yeah, none of the quarterbacks are, are are that much of difference makers compared to the others in this range, except for one guy. And my thinking here is, look, if you're going to risk taking a running back, you might as well just take a running quarterback that can give you that output as well. Even if there's risk involved, I'm going to go Justin Fields. But Justin Fields and CJ Stroud is going to be this person's start. I'll say that this is indicating that he has the ability to be in a tier above everybody else. We've seen that. There's been games where he's been absolutely lights out. And he's one of the few quarterbacks that's still left could give you those crooked numbers. He's one of the few quarterbacks on the board that could give you Jalen Hurts types weeks. The rest of the guys, I, I don't see it. You know, they're good quarterbacks. I don't know that they're needle movers, though. Well, I am up. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Jordan Love were the selections at the four spot. Here's what I might be willing to do in a startup draft, especially if I have a portfolio of leagues. And it would be turn around and draft a third QB here and really just disrupt the flow of the league. Now, this is a mock exercise where you and I are making the picks back to back. So clearly there's going to be the same two decisions makers that are picking all the rest of the picks through the fourth round. here. But you would agree here, if this team had the stones, to go, you know what? I'm going Dak Prescott. With the theory being, they didn't know they were going to get Dak Prescott in this spot. Whoever your QB 14 is, because that's where we're at. Let's say it's Tua, it's Dak Prescott, whatever. Whoever it is. For me, it would be Dak Prescott based what's on the board. But if I took Dak Prescott here, here's what I've done. A, I get to sit back over the next 14 selections, and I bet you there's at least two reaches at QB where I go, there's no way in an existing league you would trade away some of the skill players or the draft picks available for 
that QB. So you'd see some of that. Don't you agree? There will be a couple teams in a random startup that panic and they, they just have to draft, insert this QB. The second thing is it actually frees me up now. If there's a team that is sitting at a draft pick that they took earlier thinking that's going to be a quarterback, say it's the 104. I now have the freedom to go, all right, I have Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts to trade as well. Because I'm happy with Jordan Love and Dak Prescott. I'm happy with Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. So it gives me flexibility with what I think is probably the only other assets out there that are going to have some demand and some trade flexibility. There's receivers on the board that have trade demand, but they don't really have premium trade demand at this point. So I'm wondering, should I upset the apple cart here, Shane? What do you think? You know how I feel about this, right? So I'm going to try to put myself in the mindset of this person that's dealing here. This does put them in a situation where I don't want to just turn around and be like, oh, I like Dak now. But Dak's fine, right? Dax, Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins was fine for many, many years. You can go, well, the board fell perfectly for me. So maybe I do take Dak here. And then I try to trade Jalen Hurts and see how much of a haul I can get. I mean, that'd be the player that you're going to move because if you're really looking to move, that's the player that you're going to get a haul for. It's not going to be Jordan Love and it's not going to be Dak Prescott. Is that safer? Oh God, I hate using that word. That's that's such an ugly word. Is that the route I would go instead of say Jameer Gibbs right here? I mean, I'm already to the point where I don't think I'm taking a wide receiver here because, again, it's not an elite of the elite wide receivers. I could see taking Dak Prescott from this person's perspective, though, as someone in the league, I would say uh, you killed yourself because there's no way someone's going to then trade you what you think you should get for Jalen Hurts. But like you noted, you did disrupt. There are a couple teams in this league that are going to go, oh, I have no quarterback. Now what do I do? Yeah, and I'm not going to do it because, again, part of what you're doing if you make that kind of move is you are preying on the psychology of the 11 other people. And now you are preying on a board that you didn't expect to look like this. Would you have drafted Jordan Love where you did? If you would have known Dak Prescott was going to come back around six picks later. No, but you probably were like, all right, I don't know how many QBs are going to go off the board. There's only maybe three or four more in this tier. I'm going to take the second one, not knowing that there would only be two taken in the next six picks before I pick again. Boom. Now I have Dak Prescott. So that's part of the theory is you're ensuring in case the board doesn't go your way. But now that it did go my way, I would gain some extra value by even if I don't get a haul for Jalen Hurts. Here's the thing. If I don't get a haul for Jalen Hurts, but the team that has the 101 doesn't want Jalen Hurts, but the team that has the 103 now says, hey, I'll give you the 103 rookie pick and a sixth round startup pick for Jalen Hurts. Right there, you've just created some value because now that 103, you can move that back. You can take a non-quarterback and you've picked up an extra piece. So it's turning a pick you made way back in the first, not knowing what it's worth in this league, into a potential leverage deal. So I'm not going to do it only because I don't think you or I are going to fall into the trap because we're the only ones here. But there is traps like this you can set at certain places in the board if you have 11 different managers and you don't know how all they're going to build. So I am going to go Jameer Gibbs, but that's just because he's the last running back that I think is a true difference maker, but also a young asset that's going to be coveted, as long as he's good, is going to be coveted by everybody in the league because he's still young. I know McCaffrey's still out there. There's a couple other players that are close, but it feels like if Gibbs continues on the track that he was, he could be seen as the next Kamara, the next McCaffrey, and people will covet that for a couple years down the road. So I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs with the 304. I'm going to pass on Dak Prescott. You are up. This team has Lamar Jackson and A.J. Brown. Is this where Dak comes off the board right here? Yeah, I'm looking at all the teams after this, trying to get into the psychology of if I don't go quarterback, what are the chances I get a quarterback back? Right. How many more do you think are off the board 
if you don't take a QB here, there is another 14 picks before you pick again. And I, if you do that math, are you comfortable with that QB you would get as your second? No, no. I'm guessing there's probably, and we'll see, and it's funny, you would think we would know because we're the ones doing the draft, but I'm going to guess there's at least four to five quarterbacks that go off the board between now and the time this team gets to pick again. This is what I don't like. I hate making picks like this where it goes, ugh. I guess I'm drafting the quarterback. I mean, looking at, again, the available options, if you look at wide receiver, if you look at running back, I think me and you are both of the mind. We don't want to touch the running back four here. We definitely don't want to be adding Christian McCaffrey. Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver tier. Uh, I like both those players. But can you honestly, looking at your team build going, I've got Lamar Jackson, A.J. Brown. Can you look at that and go, I think I'll take Brandon Ayuk over Dak Prescott? I don't think you can here. Not the way that this team starts. No, because that's what you banked on when you went receiver in the second round. You were banking that one of those next tier of QBs that you didn't feel comfortable taking a whole round earlier would fall back to you, which it did, fell right into your lap. And you also got a top tier receiver with your pick. You didn't go down a tier like you would have. You probably like the combination of Lamar Jackson, Jordan Love, and Brandon Ayuka less than you like what that team has right now, right? If you had to put right. the three the three pieces together. So it worked out for you. But you can just see with that pick, what would you have done had Dak come off the board? Would you have lived dangerously and just gone Jameer Gibbs for the asset? Or would you have just yeah. gone next QB no, that, up? That would have gone Gibbs. That's one of the people that can put up a crooked score, even if it's positions, not the exactly the position we want it to come from, quarterback or wide receiver because of, you know, less concerns about injury, blah, 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 more insulation. Yeah, that, that would have been Gibbs. Like there wouldn't even have been a thought about going quarterback. That would have been, okay, we're going to we're going to see what quarterbacks how late I can push this back and, and see how good of a quarterback I can get going as late as possible yeah it's the ebb and flow you get into this range of the draft it's almost like the teams with the QBs are daring the other teams to reach on them and then the teams without the QBs are daring the guy with Brock Purdy or girl with Brock Purdy and Josh Allen hey do you want to take a third shitty QB just to spite me or do you want to play it out and build your team because if you do that you're going to probably be leaving me a Geno Smith in the seventh round sixth round and i'll happily take that there compared to what you paid for brock purdy in the second so shane you were up again uh the team that has cj stroud and justin fields so uh two ohio state receivers are you or quarterbacks are you gonna go an ohio state receiver here shane to make it a trifecta i, I feel like it's almost you don't have a choice right you, you always you have could, a choice it could but also this team could go hmm Justin Fields leaves me in a very iffy position. And yes, I built the draft. I drafted the team and I've known the blame of that for, for, for that. But me, maybe I need to buy something that I can resell in the season if Justin Fields poops all over himself in his new uh, situation. I think I'm just going to go ahead and take Tyreek Hill for the hope that one, if Justin Fields is giving me spike weeks, Tyreek's still giving me spike weeks, everything's lovely. I don't need to worry about it. If things start going poorly quickly, I can start thinking about 2025 and seeing what Tyreek Hill can uh, garner me on the trade market. Interesting. So you went Tyreek Hill for the in-season trade value? Yeah. Plus the potential positional advantage compared to the other receivers on the board, which I don't think any of the receivers on the board can score 25 points per game. Probably not. Interesting. Why Tyreek Hill over McCaffrey? That's a good question. I mean, you could go either way, but Tyreek Hill would be an easier sell in season, I think. Even though at this point we're, we're in his final two seasons from what he told us, I still think he's an easier sell than a running back. As great as Christian McCaffrey is. Plus, there's always the injury. Just one hit. Christian McCaffrey is literally a sprained ankle away from having no 
value for eight weeks next year. The only pushback I would say is what is going to predicate Tyreek Hill or Christian McCaffrey from not being able to be resold? I mean, other than failure? An an injury? An injury, right? And what would allow them to be sold during the season? Why would someone go, dude, I'm going to give you two firsts for those guys during the season? What would have to be happening for that to happen? I mean, they're going to have to be top two scoring at their position, top three. Now, if that's the case, because you're assuming you're basically drafting Tyreek Hill for the, if things go wrong, I can sell. But you're kind of betting that things go right for him, and then you might be able to sell him. But if things go right for both, which one would you rather have? Be McCaffrey, right? In theory, I guess, no. No, he's still a running back. I'm still going to go wide receiver. I'm still going to take the wide receiver. Even And what's funny about this is I have a wide receiver that's put an own, his own expiration date on his career. I literally have a wide receiver that said, I'm playing one more year after 2024, who says I got two more seasons left. And I'm still, I feel, still feel safer than dealing with a running back. I mean, that kind of speaks to Dynasty, though, because Travis Kelsey's, in a way, kind of done the same thing. Tom Brady did the same thing, but even going into the last Tom Brady year, it was like, man, I'll still take him in, like, the late first. You know what I mean? Give me one more year, and I don't care if he's done after this year. So, interesting. So, you're up next again. This is the team that started with two receivers, Justin Jefferson and Puka Nakua. Now, are you going to continue to live dangerously and not follow the QB trend, or what are you doing here? Hey, here's the problem. So, the the next best QB available at this point is Tua. Or... Yeah, Tua. You're getting down to Tua. You're getting down to Jared Goff. Getting down to Bryce Young, Deshaun Watson. I mean, it, it definitely feels like a tier break. And, you know, Keep Trade Cut has a clear tier break after QB 15. Tua is the only one that's in that tier above the rest of them, right? And, and that's kind of feels like this is how you make everyone in the draft behind you trade chase quarterbacks, right? like overdraft these quarterbacks that are kind of all the same guy. Obviously, you don't want to be left out of this tier and ended up getting, as much as I like them, Deshaun Watson and Bryce Young and going, all right, that, that's that's what we're going to try. Ooh, this is hard. I don't like Tua. I, I'm going to assume this person drafting here doesn't like Tua. This person is just going to go, you know what? All balls out. I got to live with it. This is how I build it. Hopefully, I'll get a couple quarterbacks later, like Bryce Young and Deshaun Watson. Like, I just lament it. But uh, let's go Christopher Olave. Chris Olave. Okay, so you are taking the wide receiver eight off the board, Chris Olave. So question for you here. We did a video on Mannequin Chill talking about the top six picks, or we kind of talked through the rookie picks one through 12, and we, we had a tear break at the 106-ish. Assuming the tight end one, Brock Bowers, is probably going to be included in or at least the potential of the sixth player, whether it be a receiver, whether it be Brock Bowers, right? But that 106 has been lingering on the board, Shane, for a while here. What was your thought process? Because I know you looked at that 106. You've probably looked at it a couple times. What is your hesitation to pull the trigger on the top six when we alluded to the people that, hey, it's a top six pick? Is it because are you assuming that is Brock Bowers and there's not a tight end off the board yet? So you're going, I don't know. Or what if it's not Brock Bowers? I mean, the it only- is Malik Neighbors or Drake May and they fall and all the sudden you're sitting here going i got a gift with the 106 and i got drake may when someone else has already taken dak prescott you know what i mean justin fields feels like you need too much to break your way for that to be malik neighbors brock bowers would be a fine consolation uh pick there i just think i'm still high a lot on alave the guy drafting here not me specifically still high enough on alave still looking at like you know what i can make this the strong one of the strongest wide receiver rooms in in the in the league assuming 
things go the way they should go, as opposed to hedging and start branching out to a tight end, especially 106. Brock Bowers is a rookie tight end. And I know Sam Laporta was great last year. Dalton Kincaid had his moments. Those are still outliers compared to what the norm is. It feels like if you're drafting 106 here, with the, and you should be expecting that you're going to get Brock Bowers, the way that the drafts are broken out. I can't imagine that you, Brock Bowers is going to go before neighbors. I could be wrong. I'd expect that you're getting Bowers here. I just feel like you're overpaying at that point for, for him right now. Something to think about depending on your league. I mean, the tight ends, I know we haven't had one come off the board. That's probably just because you and I are both playing a little bit of a game of chicken as to when the first tight end goes. But let's say you were at this point and you already had Sam Laporta and Trey McBride off the board. Would that be one where you'd be saying, all right, I can probably take this 106. It's within the flow of the values in this league. And you never know, I could get lucky. And the other thing the 106 does for you, Shane, is let's say somebody like a Dunze goes in the top 10 to a great spot. It's flexible. Let's say the tier break ends up being the 104. Now you may want to get the non-tight end, but it might be easier to go from the 105 or the 106 to the 105 now, whereas you were thinking, no way the person at 105 is going to trade down one spot given where they took the 105. But again, it's about what can you do between now and the time you have to make that 106. So I think there is argument of, okay, sure, right now it doesn't feel like that 106 is part of that tier, but how do we know the tiers don't change a little bit? So that flexibility is, I think, important to consider when you're drafting here. I'm up Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. A lot of options I can go here, but I think this, this is a spot where I look at everybody and I say, I'm potentially trying to go for it. I think this is a Christian McCaffrey spot. I'm adding potentially the RB1 with two top 10 quarterbacks. Nobody else has a build like me. There's a Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love, Jameer Gibbs. Then I kind of look at my team and I go, that might, this one might be even better. You know, it's the exact same thing almost. Like they're almost racing with the same kind of build. So I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey here with this selection. It is the fourth running back off the board and really the first old, old running back or an old player besides Tyree Hill that has gone off the board. There you go. You are up. Go ahead. 1.75. Now, if this was 2.0, this feels like it's a slam for Laporta. 2.0. 1.75. I'm less aggressive here. And just how this team is built, this team has got the 101, the 104. This team almost feels like it shouldn't be drafting any players because it has no idea what it's going to do. You know what I mean? Like, and not in a bad way in a good way it's probably looking at this and going i could go marvin harrison at 101 uh then at 104 i could go gene daniels or malik neighbors i can do anything i want i'll let you make the pick and then i have a very like poignant question i guarantee anybody that has a team like this has to consider so make your pick it's 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 going to be the 106 this team is just completely it's completely going into the skid it's completely going all right we're just building through picks i was considering two assets here it would be their 106 or it would be take a quarterback and just plugging my nose and going, okay, Tua, I don't really want to do it. But what Tua does is it it keeps my flexibility with 101 and 104 and it doesn't show my hand to the rest of the league. Because let's say I take a quarterback or I don't take a quarterback and I go with the draft pick. Now you're subject to kind of how the tiers shake out, right? Like there may be only one quarterback that really is seen as the elite tier. And yet you've already penciled in Marvin Harrison at 101. Now all of a sudden it's like Shane's building a QB room from... But here's the, the 104 and the 106. They're flexible. I have two and a half months, three months, three months to change my mind and also let other people change my mind. Any of these. I could go, well, what do I need to do to get that 106 up even higher? with my later capital that I get. Do I move back with the 101? Do I move back with the 104? To me, it's just the chess pieces of being able to move around, especially making those, getting those first two picks. But yes, you shouldn't just tie yourself into, I'm making Marvin Harrison. Right now, four months from the draft, 
excuse me, three months from the draft. That's my mindset. Yeah, I don't mind doing the three picks. Uh, it feels you're going to feel a little queasy about your team just because it's it's, it's going to look terrible. Box. And I've done a couple startups where I've went draft pick heavy and you look at the players and you're like, oh, what did I do? But then you look at your draft capital and you go, OK, I have three of the first six picks. We can make this work any way I need to make this work. Hopefully, hopefully you have enough creativity and enough, I don't want to say work ethic, but enough like um, uh, tenacity to go out and make some deals. So real quick, because we're only going to go four rounds on this thing. I want to ask you about later on in the draft when you have three picks like that to start. Because you get to that range in, you know, round seven, eight, nine, where it's like, okay, the rookie picks just for the flexibility, kind of like we talked about at the beginning, are better than drafting the players on the board, right? You're sitting there going, man, should I take the 202 or Hollywood Brown, Chris Godwin? You know, like there's, you can argue the picks are more valuable because there's more flexibility. And especially you, now that you have three of the top six picks, hell, it might be just one of the mid seconds that you drafted that allows you to trade up one spot to get the player that you want earlier. So it's like more flexibility in later rounds, especially at startup time this year or this point of the season makes sense. Now, if you started with all draft picks though, are you less likely to still hammer the 111, the 201? Like there, are you trying to fill roster spots or are you fine leaving this startup draft with nine picks out of the top 24? Don't even care. Yeah, it's going to be more based on what players specifically there when when they're drafting at that spot. Legitimately, like if it's Marquise Brown or the 203. I'll take the 203. If I can get some combination of like DeAndre Hopkins and give me two old other wide receivers, but that are decent later in the draft, maybe I do that. And maybe I try to halfway compete next year, or at least see if those players can bring some capital during the season that I could trade. You know, once we get past about the 204, 205 rookie draft, then I'm more likely to just lean player, player player for the purpose of either it's going to be a young person, a young person, a young player that I think has some upside, even if I don't think they can hit it, it's not likely, or one of these old players that I think can maybe help this team, maybe back end back into the playoffs, something like that. Interesting point. I'm up next, the team that started with Anthony Richardson in the 103. Seeing the end of the draft where I'm facing two teams that have already gone heavy with non-quarterbacks, I think I'm going to go with Tua here. I'm going to plug my nose and draft Tua. I don't love Tua, but I think with the 103, what this allows me to do is I'm not tied to a QB at 103. There's a chance that I can trade back a spot because like we talked about, the team that has the 104 and the 106, you're probably going Marvin Harrison at 101, right? There's a decent shot where you're interested. If there's a clear QB2, you may be interested in moving up that one spot. So I'm looking at that going, okay, there's a team that's going to need two quarterbacks, probably at least one that's probably picking ahead of me at the 101. The 103, most likely the best player available is going to be a quarterback. But what if it isn't? What if it does end up being the wide receiver two of the class? So I've kind of added value to my 103 here by taking the second quarterback so that I'm not pigeonholed into drafting a QB with that pick. And I think you would agree you like the prospects of whoever the art or wide receiver two is. Right now, I would take that over all the receivers on the board. You agree with that? So I'm going to go Tua with this pick. Lock in the non-pressure to take a quarterback at that 102. It makes a little more flexibility with that rookie pick that I already invested in, knowing there's probably going to be at least one, two more quarterbacks go off the board before I pick again. So you are up with another receiver, receiver team. Last time, 
time you face this, you just win another receiver. So what are you doing here? CD Lamb and Amon Ra St. Brown. Are you uh are you stacking your Amon Ra with his QB or are you passing? Obviously, it's a it's an exercise here. This is kind of what happens if you want to go wide receiver build. This is where you start going. Am I just gonna reach for this quarterback right here? Do I risk the guy behind me, the gal behind me? They've got two picks. They also need a quarterback and they don't have one on the board. There's a good chance they could take one of the quarterbacks that I want to take here. I guess Jared Goff is as good as it gets. I'm going to go Jared Goff. I don't love it, but I'll be honest with you. When you go wide receiver build like this, you're probably more apt to make a move like this. Draft a quarterback where you go, I don't actually love it, but considering the alternatives, it played out okay because I'm getting a stack when I'm on raw. If the two people behind him, or excuse me, the one person behind him didn't have two picks back to back and also need a quarterback, probably would risk it and see if Jared Goff could come back on the way around. So question for you, Brandon Ayuk is the next receiver up according to Keep Trade Cut. He was a top 10 receiver this past year. In a league that was not a startup, would you trade Brandon Ayuk for Jared Goff? Going heavily depend upon my team build. No, you, you need a QB. <laughs> You well, need I'm, a QB, I'm assuming. but it's a one for one, meaning you don't have the option to get somebody cheaper. Because here's the thing. Well, you're essentially you ruined my asking. Plans. You ruined my plans because my plan well, no, is no, going to no. be, the next sentence and is going to be, well, what can I get cheaper? And that I think is where people get caught up with. And I'll just say, I don't think you should take Jared Goff here, but a lot of people would take Jared Goff here because they're looking at the board. They have this innate fear that the rest of the league is just going to squeeze them out of QB. Everyone's going to take three and four and then it's going to come back to me and the best starter left is going to be Will Levis and I'm screwed. The reality is that's probably not how it's going to play out because you're going to get a lot of other people that are going to, I already have two Gibbies. It doesn't make sense for me to go Matt Stafford ahead of a receiver that's easily worth a first rounder and that's what it would take. Now, do you think Jared Goff is in a tier of his own right here, Shane? Clearly better than everybody else because if they're iffy on that, I would say you pass on him and you just continue to hammer assets that are worth first rounders or you take the 107 and then you just gamble that, hey, I'm going to pressure everybody else behind me to take the quarterbacks that they really don't want to take. That would be my only pushback of, because mm. a lot of people would do what you did. Hey, I got to yeah. take a QB. It's the next one up. Guess who's cheering with that pick, Shane? Everybody before you that already has two QBs. That right. one. Yeah. Thank you. Take Jared Goff. Take yeah, Bryce Young. You can one. have all those guys. Correct. Push your wide receiver down to me. I'm Correct. good with that. I'm not going to, I wasn't drift those guys anyway. That's what everyone's saying behind him. No, no, those are good points. I mean, in retrospect, maybe that's a good talking talk through exercises. Why are you going to Jared, Jared Goff because if you do draft Jared Goff I mean you're not getting any kind of difference maker at quarterback as you noted most of the teams behind in this draft have two quarterbacks at this point or at least one quarterback you might be better served just going Brandon Ayuk here and leaning into it Sam Laporta or the 107 whichever you find to be the most valuable the only thing is you have ARSB that plays into people's minds you know and we get this question all the time is how many players do I want from the same offense do I really want Laporta and ARSB. We tell people repeatedly like, well, it doesn't matter. It's a good offense. It doesn't matter if you have two players from it. That's fine. So maybe in retrospect, this person's going to take off Jarrett Goff. They didn't hit select. They thought about it. They actually dialed you up. You talked them out of it. And they said, you know what? I'd like to go Laporta here. 1.75. I think this is where the first tight end is going to come off the board. Even though, yes, I know that it's going to be two Detroit Lions. That's fine. Ben Johnson's staying. So everything will be okay. Wow. So we have our first uh, error by a user. Shane accidentally pocket clicked the wrong player here. Definitely. That's definitely what happened. I'm up. I'm on the turn. The team has Jamar Chase in the 102. So I'm kind of leaning into 
the can I alleviate the pressure of having to draft a quarterback at that 102? Kind of similar to the argument with the 103, but I'm in the same situation you just were. Do I draft Jared Goff or do I just hit two assets that I think are worth even more than that? Here's the thing, though. You're not in the same uh, predicament as the team before because there's no one in between your two picks, right? You're back to back. And part of it is if I saw a team that has Amon Ross St. Brown and they just got Sam Laporta, there's an element of I'm kind of wanting to ditch them a little bit here, right? And take Jared Goff for them because I guarantee that you're looking at potentially Jared Goff on the way back. Am I right? With that team? Possible. Okay. Shane. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk board. I have acknowledged that that might be your strategy here. What would you pay me to move up two spots here to get Jared Goff? And I understand I don't have a lot of leverage because I really don't want to pick here, but I also do not need Jared Goff. So without me tipping my hand telling you I'm not going to pick Jared Goff, (laughs) what what would you trade me to move up? And let's say I make my first pick. I I will go Brandon Ayuk with the first pick. His Trinity score is extremely high. He profiles as if you look at him compared to all the other elite receivers, he's right there with them. So yeah. I'm just going to bank on that. So I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk with the first pick. Now with the second pick, I'm sitting here going, man, Shane, what would you give me to move up one spot to get your Jared Goff? Would you give me a third? A third, yes. So I'm going to offer you this pick for your next pick, which is the one right after this. And you give me your 25 third deal. And it's done. All right. So Shane is going to draft Jared Goff, I assume. Yes. Uh, and now Jer- Shane is basically the uh, team 11 Lions is Shane's team. Yes, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's very risky proposition here, but hey, look, Amara St. Brown is elite. I think we agree upon that. Sam Laporta showed markings of being elite. Jared Goff gets a long-term contract there. You feel a lot better about this pick. And Shane is praying that Ben Johnson doesn't change his mind and leave. Never leaves, never leaves. But, you know, the news cycle on Ben Johnson with Washington makes it seem like he might not ever leave Detroit. That's another story. Yeah, that's a different show, but I do have some thoughts on that, uh, that the new age offensive coordinators and maybe what that starts to look like because they can't just leave every year and then they fail half of them fail and then they get fired and then they come back around and it's at some point there has to be some stability at uh at the, the offensive coordinator position they can't literally turn over every single team every single year so i'm up this team has chase 102 brandon Ayuk. Ugh. Kind of feels like here, I'm already kind of invested in leaning into the valuable receivers. I guess what you have to wrestle with here is, is it too early for the 107? Because it's going to be that we already are making a very strong bet that the 107 is outside the tier break. But it's also maybe the first or second shot at the next tier. And you just bang, all it takes is one person. It could be the QB4. It could be a receiver that goes higher than we expect, a receiver that goes in a better landing spot than we expect. But I also struggle with that chain because I see the receivers on the board and I actually don't don't mind three or four of them literally in place of the best receiver that could land anywhere outside of the top two in this rookie class. This is a very tough spot. I think I am going to go out on the limb and bet on the offense. They already have a good quarterback. They're probably going to end up drafting a good receiver. I'm going to take a tight end here. I'm going to take Trey McBride and just bank that I'm getting a similar argument that you had with taking Sam Laporta, that I'm getting a difference maker at tight end and it's 1.75 premium. We're not big on player takes, but I got to ask this. So he's your tight end two in Dynasty? Tight end two or three. All right. right there with uh, Right there with 
the Brock Bowers pick right. and right there with Laporta. And I, and I think part of it is also, he's going to probably have a stable offensive situation, the same quarterback. And I think if they add a guy like Marvin Harrison or Malik neighbors, it makes him better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're, we're both on the same page and I, I've heard a couple of people say that, Oh, well, Trey McBride's going to be hurt when they add another weapon there. No, he's not. That's actually going to open it up for Trey McBride. He might not see, you know, games with a 39% target share, um, but he's still going to be, uh, very highly targeted in that offense. Well, and I, I don't love the pick. There's a lot of players I could pick. The, the team that picks at the 408 is going to get just as good as value as I did. Really, it's a bet you're making here is that I'm shooting for a difference-making tight end, just like the team that drafted Jameer Gibbs or Christian McCaffrey or Brees Hall. You're you're trying to hit on a difference-maker at a position where if you get one, the value is going to bring it home. If Trey McBride is tight end six, this wasn't a great pick because he's not going to have yeah. the trade value that some of the other receivers that are on the board. So I'm going to take a gamble with Trey McBride and take him here. So I'm up again, Anthony Richardson, Tua Tagovailoa, and the 103 rookie pick. I have two stack options here. I could go Jalen Waddle. I could go Michael Pittman. I think I'm going to go Michael Pittman with this pick and stack him with Anthony Richardson. This would be a trade back spot for me if I could pull it off only because I think it's kind of a, a dead zone of five or six receivers that are all the same, but you can go ahead and lock Michael Pittman into that pick, pairing him with Anthony Richardson to form the stack. So uh, Shane is up now, and by golly, Shane, the 107 is on the board. How frisky are you feeling? This is going to be the 107 specifically because of the build that this team has. I mean, just because like this team has to do it. You know what I mean? At this point, they are pot committed. They are not messing around. They're going to go, all right, that's that's, the value works out right there for me anyway, right? But, you know, as we're going through this exercise, what I'm realizing or at least seeing is you could trade back into assuming a draft breaks this way. And I think it could. You could trade back into the fourth round and build a hell of a wide receiver room if you could find a way to get three of those picks. But no, this person's going to take 107 because well, they're just going pick crazy. And guess what? Now they they pretty much own this draft, this rookie draft. People are going to have to come to them. Yeah, I was going to say, does it feel like you actually got more value on your 106 now because you have back-to-back? That yeah. like you have a stranglehold on whatever that third tier of players looks like? Yeah. Yeah, they look, they control the draft. They literally control the draft. So I'm I'm really liking this person's team. It's fun for someone that likes rookie picks. Yeah, so this next pick is the team that started with Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, and Christian McCaffrey. Man, it feels like this team is in a weird spot because it's all in on production. Do you go with something that could be a little value insulation? Do you continue to go down the road? I mean, this... This team could go with a running back and just go, I'm going to try to thread the needle and hit on another running back because there's not many left that really have much dynasty value. We might already be to the point where the dynasty value is gone at running back. This team could go with a rookie pick for the flexibility. And there's not really an obvious stack here because I have Justin Herbert. I have Kyler Murray, Went Christian McCaffrey. You're probably just drafting whoever you feel like the best receiver is off the board. I'm going to go out on a limb. And this is one of the few times where you get a player take from Mr. Charles Chill. But I think everything is lining up for Drake London. They just have to find a quarterback, a competent one, not even a good one. 
just one that the main skill of that QB is like delivering the ball to the right players. Because don't you kind of feel there's a little overreaction that could come with Atlanta where like the post Arthur Smith era could be just give the ball to like the the three studs as much as possible. I I almost feel like that's, I think in the the conversations that they were having, that that was what was discussed with Raheem Morris is, uh, so how much can you get the, how much can you concentrate our work to those three players? Yes. Yes. And is Drake London better than DJ Moore? The body of work says no. Is he as good as even Jalen Waddle? Debatable. But here's the thing. He's 22. Those other guys, they're 25, 26. They are what they are. There's never going to be a point in Dynasty where it goes, I have to go buy Drake London. Or I have to go buy DJ Moore or Jalen Waddle. We could look up in June and Shane is going, to get myself some more Drake London. I just got to get more. They've signed Kirk Cousins and they've made a vow to give Drake London a 30% target share. Like you could see yourself Drake London cracking in the top eight, top 10, right? Because he's put up the peripherals that says he's easily able to get there. So I think I'm going to go Drake London here to pair with Herbert, Kyler, McCaffrey. And I do think there's a little insulation and value upside where in three months, I may be able to tear down from Drake London and get two pieces just because he moves up into that top 10. So he's the pick. Did I snipe you, Shane? Are you going another receiver? This is Jefferson Puka Alave. How are you feeling here? I don't know. This is I think this might be my favorite team out of the draft besides the rookie pick ones. The rookie pick ones is fun. This is just absolutely bananas at this point because it, it's what does this person do? Do they go Baker Mayfield here? This feels incredibly high for Baker Mayfield, right? But I'll say this. I've seen Baker Mayfield get traded for the 108 in leagues. So that's about where his value is since that's where we are. Ooh, no, no. I'm just, I'm going to keep hammering the wide receivers. I think I can't believe he's still on the board. Oh, oh, this is really good. Who do you like better? I'm going to tank Dell. I'm going to go tank Dell. We're going to go that crazy, crazy upside. No, we're not. Nico Collins is still on the board. We're going Nico Collins. It's Nico Collins. Interesting. I thought you were going to go Mr. Uh, Mr. Wide Receiver 7, DJ Moore, last year. I guess you could go a lot of different directions here. I mean, I don't want to say that's a problem. That's kind of the beauty of this round, right? This is a really fun round for wide receivers. No, they're not the Justin Jefferson tier, but they're, you know, a tier or two below, but they're still very productive. Yeah, so this team is up now. Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and the 105. I, honestly, Shane, I know you're not a huge fan of Trevor Lawrence, but I, I kind of like where this team sits because it's got some flexibility. It has two quarterbacks locked down that you have no long-term concerns about their job security or their their place. You may not love their potential upside, but you have a lot of plex flexibility and you have that 105 pick, which may be a trade piece for one of these teams that wants to trade back or one of these teams that potentially wants to get a quarterback. So it's kind of a flexible pick. It's a nice pick to have in there when you already have quarterbacks taken care of. So I am just going to check the box here. This will be a spot I would also be willing to trade back two spots because I think there's three receivers that you could throw into this tier. Uh, So I'm going to draft Jalen Waddle. I don't love it. This is just a guy where I don't love him being my wide receiver one, but maybe if I get Malik Neighbors, he's my wide receiver two. I feel a lot better about that if the 105 ends up being Malik Neighbors. So I'm going to go Jalen Waddle. I think we're going to see a lot of picks like this, Shane, where it's just checking a box. You're taking productive receivers that don't have you know top 10 ceilings. It's all just kind of placeholders for maybe the next five to 10 receiver picks. So you are up. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. Scott, A.J. Brown. What are you doing with this pick? 